0: Hey, everyone, I'm Megan Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. This week's episode is brought to you by HealthyMoving.com if you are ready for a dramatically different approach to body image and exercise, stay tuned to hear more about the healthy moving revolution later in today's show. Now, welcome back to the show where every week we go exploring in the pursuit of awesome. You can count on us to keep you informed of all the best shiny things out there when we share our awesome of the week. In each episode, we also take your questions and bring you the answers you need to help you uncover all the awesome within your own life. Rebecca of SimplyRebecca.com joins me today, and we have put together a show filled with things you probably do not know. In fact, I can almost guarantee you're going to learn something new today. Each of us have some public service announcements of sorts that we want to share with you about topics that are close to our hearts. Then we're going to invite you to raise your eyebrows at us a little bit as we share some confessions we've never told you all on the air. All of that on episode 37 of Sorta Awesome. Now, before we share our awesomes of the week, I wanted to let you all know that you can now order Sorta Awesome swag of your very own. If you go to Zazzle.com, that's Z-A-Z-Z-L-E.com slash Sorta Awesome, you will find t-shirts, tote bags, coffee mugs, and all kinds of stuff that you can order so that you can share your love of Sorta Awesome with those around you. That's Zazzle.com sortaawesome Sorta Awesome. Now we'll get the show started the way we always do with Awesome of the Week. Rebecca,
1: get us going. So my Awesome of the Week has to do with a little online company that you may or may not have heard of, Amazon.
0: Are, are you familiar? <laughs> Familiar. My bank account <laughs> is uh, very familiar with Amazon.
1: <laughs> well, hey, I'm going to help you with that today. Awesome. Because I have three amazing sites to help you save on Amazon. Oh, good. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Yes, it's wonderful. So I learned about all three of these sites from a mutual friend of ours, Andrea Green. She blogs at thegreenbacksgal.com where she focuses on money saving with a bit of a green and natural healthy twist to it. So she wrote these blog posts on secret ways to save on Amazon, and I pulled out three of them that I'm going to share with all of you guys. Perfect. So let's say you have an item you want to buy, but you're willing to wait until the best possible price. Sure. Yes. Then you want to use CamelCamelCamel.com. It's a price tracking tool. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Three camels. Three camels. Camel, camel, camel. Okay. Is a price tracking tool and so you go into it and you can copy and paste an Amazon URL for a specific product or you can just search and find the product that you're looking for and then it shows you the price history of that product, the most expensive it's ever been on Amazon and the cheapest it's ever been on Amazon. And then the coolest part then is that you can set it up to send you notifications when it hits your desired price. So let's say the lowest it's ever been is like $15, but you know you're willing to pay like $18 or $20 for it because like right now it's, I don't know, it's $35 or something. Then you would just type that in, $18, and you can have it sent to your email or to Twitter, and Camel, Camel, Camel will notify you when it hits your targeted price, and then you know it's
0: time to buy. That is really amazing. I have never used camel 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 before.
1: <laughs> I have game. used it. You've used it? I did. Um Grace wanted this uh castle play castle thing that was just really I you mean know, just gaudy and expensive and I wasn't too crazy about it and it seemed really pricey and then I just typed in the notifications and I still keep getting them. We've decided not to get it but uh, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> we got her something else that ended up being cheaper. But it's been super helpful. It works. It totally works. That is fantastic. So let's say you're doing your Christmas shopping and you want the best price on an item but you don't have time to price compare absolutely everywhere. So then you want to go to savings.com slash price jump. And what that will do is you enter again, you enter an Amazon URL or a product, search for a product, and it will automatically tell you which stores have the best price. So you know, buy it on Amazon, or maybe you need to go to Target, or maybe you need to head to Walmart and buy it there instead
0: what have I been doing with my life all these years? I've never even heard of this. I've just been i know stupidly just like click from Amazon and it's on my doorstep. But I could have been saving money on all of this stuff through the years. That's crazy.
1: Sometimes when I'm buying something on Amazon, I just want to buy it and be done and not go to all the effort to check all the different sites. But savings.com slash price jump, it just makes it so quick. Like I have no excuse not to do that anymore.
0: That is so awesome. Seriously, I, ha- I can't believe I have never used this before, but totally going to be using it this holiday shopping season.
1: Yes. Thank you, Andrea. Yeah. And the third, so here we go again, the third one. Let's say you don't have Amazon Prime and you're trying to reach that $35 requirement to get the free shipping, but you're not quite at $35 yet. Then you want to use the Amazon Filler Item Finder at FillerItem.com. All you do is you type in the dollar amount that you're looking for. Let's say you just need something that's $3. You type it in at FillerItem.com and it comes up with a list of all of the items on Amazon that cost $3 or maybe like $3.15, $3.18, whatever. And boom, there you go. And you don't have to spend that money on your shipping. You can look, I looked it up, they had, beauty products, bath products, things that you really could use and need to use on a regular basis. They had cheap books. I mean, it's just perfect.
0: I, you know, I was was just thinking, I can't even remember when we got our Prime membership, but we've had it for a long time. But I do remember back in our early days of Amazon, really thinking like, oh my gosh, I need to spend three more dollars. You know, you don't want to buy like a whole nother book or whatever. It's what can you put in your cart for like three or four dollars? And just being so frustrated with that. So that is super, that's such a super simple way to get to your free shipping threshold. I love it.
1: Yeah. We only got Amazon Prime just this past fall and I totally had that same experience. So filleritem.com. I mean, that's just amazing. So This is all thanks to Andrea Green, again, at thegreenbacksgal.com. And she has five more tips for secret waves to save on Amazon that we don't have time to cover here. But we will definitely put those links to her blog posts in the show notes. We also will put in the show notes... Amazon, your affiliate link to Amazon yeah. to help. So <laughs> for anybody who wants to help support the show, help cover the cost of hosting and all that goes that goes into producing the podcast, we would love to have you support us through Sorta of Awesome's Amazon affiliate link because then we'll get a small kickback for your purchase, which That's would be right. oh so very awesome.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you for that, Rebecca. That is so helpful and so timely for those of us who are not up to braving the stores, and we do a lot of our shopping at home. So perfect timing on that. Okay, mine this week, my awesome of the week is kind of, well, it's not as exciting, I guess, as saving big bucks on Amazon. However, it is saving my life. (laughs) these days well that's pretty important <laughs> my family is super thankful that i have stumbled across this so it's it's kind of boring and it's kind of an old lady thing i guess to talk about but i have a new supplement that i've been taking and it has dramatically dramatically improved my quality of life which in turn makes things a lot more peaceful around here for everybody because when mama is happy everybody in the family everybody's- is happy everybody's So what I wanted to talk to you all about actually came to me via the Hangout group on Facebook, the Sorta Awesome Hangout group. Awesome community member Anna mentioned one day in a post, this has been weeks back, she mentioned that for people who identify as being a highly sensitive person, that we should look into omega-3 supplements, also usually known as fish oil supplements, now, I have known of and, and have actually used fish oil supplements quite a few times in the past, most notably when I was uh, healing from postpartum depression after the twins were born. So, I'm, I mean, it was totally a familiar thing to me. It wasn't something I'd never heard of before. In fact, I think most people at this point have... You know, heard either like Dr. Oz or somebody on Good mm-hmm. Morning America or something talking about the importance of fish oil and omega-3 supplements, what it can bring to your uh, to your overall health and well-being. So Anna had talked about how much being on these omega-3 supplements had helped her manage her sensitivities that come with being a highly sensitive person. Well. Rebecca, that of course totally rang my bell because something that I came across a few years ago that has really unlocked so much understanding for me about myself and why I experience the world the way I do is coming across this information about being a highly sensitive person. So if anybody is not familiar with this yet, this is a way of understanding the world that it just means that you have um, really high sensory processing sensitivity. So it means you're just super sensitive to the environment around you. Some of these sensitivities might show up as being, you don't like loud noises or you startle easily, uh, bright lights bother you, strong smells, anything that you can think of that kind of have to do with the environment around you. Um, a lot of this research is from Dr. Elaine Aaron. Her last name is spelled A-R-O-N she is sort of the leading authority on being a highly sensitive person. In fact, she has put together a little quiz that you can take. It's like 27 questions, I think, that will allow you to checkmark different traits of being highly sensitive. So if you score 14 or more of the questions on this trait quiz, then you can consider yourself being a highly sensitive person. So it's, it's not just things in your environment. It's other things like, From the quiz, some of the statements are, changes in my life shake me up. I'm annoyed when people try to get me to do too many things at once. I make a point to avoid violent movies and TV shows. I'm deeply moved by the arts or music my nervous system sometimes feels so frazzled that i just have to go off by myself all of those things and this is those are just some examples from the quiz all of those are indicators of being a highly sensitive person which when i came across this quiz i was like oh my gosh everything in my life makes sense now <laughs> <laughs> and it's especially challenging being an extrovert who derives energy from being around people and gets charged up from being around people but then also being a highly sensitive person where I get overstimulated by people easily. So that has helped me in so many ways. In fact, it was so helpful for me that when I was blogging back in 2014 in the summer of 2014 I wrote probably the the post that is, has probably been the closest to going viral for me it was called 15 tips for the highly sensitive parent. And you know, Rebecca, what life with little kids underfoot is like. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> There's lots of noise. There's lots of smells.
1: <laughs> lots of people want you to do lots
0: of things all at once. <laughs> Basically, yes. <laughs> so because finding out about being an HSP was so helpful for me, I put together some tips. And I really have been so proud of that post, not proud of my own anything to do with it. But just the fact that so many people have read it through the years, and so many people have said, Oh, wow, this is totally me. Now I understand why I am this way. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm not a bad mom. I'm not a bad person. I'm not, you know, it's not that I hate people or being around people. I just get overstimulated so easily. So I realize I'm kind of rambling on about this, but when Anna suggested taking omega-3 supplements to help with the s- sort of symptoms of the sensitivities that highly sensitive people have, I was like, well, I mean, I have been so, so overwhelmed with the kids lately and I'll give it a try. So I've been taking them for about four weeks now and I am here to tell you, Rebecca, it has made a huge difference. It's not to say that I'm suddenly completely like Zen and peaceful all day long. <laughs> that That's not it exactly. But, I, and I feel like almost confessional in saying this, one of the things that I would find myself thinking, especially towards the end of the day, was that I just wanted to run away. I just wanted to hide because I was so, so, so overstimulated by family life. And I just felt like I could not center myself. I could not find a moment of peace and quiet and calm. And since I have started taking these, I don't have that feeling anymore of just like, I gotta get out of here. I'm, you know, I feel like the walls are closing in on me. Um, It has really smoothed things out to where I can handle that bombardment of family life without feeling like my nerves are just completely shot. In fact, I actually ran out of the first bottle I had gotten. It took me a few days to get my Amazon order in. (laughs) (laughs) Because I didn't realize I was almost out. But thank goodness for Prime and free two-day shipping. But in the meantime, once I had stopped taking them, I, I noticed like at the end of the second day when I had not been taking them, I was having that feeling again of just like, oh my gosh, I just want to run away. I just want to hide. I just want to get under my covers and everyone stopped talking to me. And I, I really noticed like I have not felt this intensely in a long time. And so... I really do think that these supplements are making a big difference for me in the way I experience my family. So
1: that is really totally, amazing, totally,
0: totally awesome of the week, maybe awesome of well, it's the awesome of a long time for me.
1: <laughs> I mean, they should hand out those pills like with the babies in the hospitals, so, like every <laughs> yes, like every first time mom. That sounds amazing.
0: Oh, and also our friend Beth, who writes at redandhoney.com, mentioned, as we were talking about it in the in the hangout group, she mentioned that omega-3s are really helpful for people that have anxiety or depression or all kinds of things that are going on in your brain. It can really it can possibly bring some healing to you. Now, of course, just remember Rebecca and I are not health professionals. <laughs> so no, we are not. You should do your <laughs> own research and talk to your own healthcare provider with all of this stuff. I'm just saying this has really been helpful for me. I'll leave a link in the show notes to the specific brand that I feel good about using and that have made a big difference for me. But definitely do your own research if this sounds like something that might be helpful to you. Well, like I said at the top of the show, Rebecca and I have a couple of topics that are really close to our hearts that we just got to talking and thinking about what we could share with you all on the show. And I realized Rebecca, you all know her as a fun and entertaining, outgoing podcast host, but she also has released a book that she wrote based on some of her experiences with breastfeeding and mothering and Out of the really painful experience for her, she has put together a book in the hopes of helping other women so that they don't have to go through such a difficult time that she went through in this situation. So, Rebecca, I'm going to let you take it from here and explain to us what your book is about and what we need to know.
1: So, my public service announcement here is for every breastfeeding mother who wants to pump a bottle of their breast milk, either because they're going back to work or they just want to have a little bit in the freezer, just to have on hand, this might be the most important breastfeeding advice that you have never heard. So let me start out just by telling you my story. When I had my first baby, Grace, I started pumping once a day just in the morning just to have a just-in-case insurance policy of frozen milk in my freezer. I was a stay-at-home mom. I didn't leave her with a babysitter all that often. But I just wanted to have some in case we weren't able to meet my breastfeeding goals in case, heaven forbid, something were to happen to me. I wanted to have that there. It felt safe for me to have that there. Well, she was five months old, and we were having problems with her taking a bottle. This wasn't the first that we had given her a bottle, but she occasionally she would take it, and sometimes she would refuse it, and after a night out with girlfriends, I came home to a frustrated husband once again who said she just would not drink this bottle. And so in a moment of inspiration, I don't know, God telling me to do this, I opened up the bottle, stuck my finger in, got a little drop on my finger, and tasted it with my tongue. And Megan... It tasted horrible. Oh, gosh. Absolutely disgusting. I had my husband taste it. He, like, went to the kitchen to rinse out his mouth. I mean, it just tasted awful. And I was devastated. I thought there's something wrong with me, there's something wrong with my breast milk, there's something wrong with my freezer. That that bottle had come from frozen milk that I had in my freezer and I thought to myself, is all of my milk in my freezer like this? Like, What in the world is the problem? So I did some research and I was able to self-diagnose myself with excess lipase activity. So that's kind of a big phrase, so what does that mean? Basically, Lipase is an enzyme that is present in every woman's breast milk. It helps to break down the fats, helps to aid in digestion. So normally that happens in the baby's stomach. It's like breaking all that down so the baby can absorb what it needs to absorb. But if you have an excess of lipase activity happening in your milk, that breakdown of the fats starts to happen before it gets to your baby. So for me, that breakdown would happen after about 24 hours. And then it would give the milk just this really bad taste. Some women would describe it as like soapy tasting or like metallic-y tasting. I always thought it tasted almost a little vomity-ish. I mean, it just tasted disgusting. I've heard of some women who this happens to them after just four hours or even less, after pumping their milk. Wow. Yeah, so um, I realized I had this problem and people didn't know what I was talking about. I mean, my family, my friends, they had no experiences with it. I called multiple lactation consultants who, unfortunately, were not very equipped to help me. I had to explain the condition to my pediatrician. I mean, it was extremely frustrating, and that's part of what led me to write this book. The book is called Why Does My Breast Milk Taste Bad? One Mom's Journey to Overcoming Excess Lipase Activity. So I wrote the book to be a help to other mothers who are also struggling with this. It offers emotional support as well as answers to over 35 frequently asked questions because what I did is I found the solution to the problem is actually scalding the breast milk. And so I started writing about this whole process on my blog. I wrote about how I discovered the problem. I wrote about my emotional struggles with it. I wrote about the scalding process that I was going through. I wrote about how I was actually able to donate all the milk that was in my freezer, which was a total of 575 ounces of frozen milk that
0: tasted bad. Oh my god. Gosh, wow. And I know you had a really emotional response when you kind of put everything together and realized that all of your milk that you had I mean, that's a lot of breast milk, Rebecca. And it, it all It is a lot of breast milk. Yeah. It's it
1: it was very gut wrenching for me. And it was very difficult because I felt like I had invested all of this time, every Day to pump, and, and I couldn't use any of it. Yeah. It was it was just really it was really gut wrenching. I found a lot of healing through being able to donate it. And you might wonder, well, why would a milk bank want milk that doesn't taste good? Well, there's a lot of different answers as to why they will accept it. But one thing to know is that most of that milk ends up going to preemies who are tube fed, and so they're bypassing the tasting process anyway. But there's other. Reasons why it's okay too. But the big thing to know is that there's nothing wrong with like the nutritional content of the milk, it just tastes bad. Right. So I was still able to continue to breastfeed my daughter despite having my milk taste bad after twenty-four hours of it being pumped. I was able to find through scalding that I could stop the bad taste from forming in my milk, and I went on to have a very healthy relationship of nursing my daughter. So I wrote about all this on my blog. I had lots and lots and lots of women coming to me, mothers upset, crying. I'm going back to work soon. All my milk in my freezer is bad. I mean, it was just absolutely heartbreaking. And that's what inspired me to write the book. And my, one of my biggest passions is just that every breastfeeding mother needs to know that they should taste their milk. Yeah. It might seem a little squeamish. It might feel a little bit weird. Like you're not a baby. We don't drink <laughs> We don't drink human milk very often. But let me tell you if you especially if you are going back to work, if you need to build up a big supply in your freezer for some reason, you should be tasting a little bit of your milk. Just put it in your refrigerator. Just a little bit. Like even a quarter of an ounce would do. And just taste a drop of it every day for a week. If that milk becomes offensive in flavor, then you know you have a problem. If it tastes fine after about a week, then you're probably clear to go and it should be fine. Um, But if not, then you might have excess lipase activity and please look for a friend, a lactation consultant, my book, somebody to help give you some support because it's, it's hard. You're trying to figure out the routine of pumping and you have this newborn and then you have this other element of excess lipase activity on top of it. And it's just a lot to juggle. So you should get some support because it's totally possible to continue breastfeeding, um, but you're just gonna have to go through some extra steps.
0: That's right, that's right. I am so glad you're bringing this up on the show. I was able to help Rebecca uh, as she was getting her book put together. I did some editing for her and I told her after I read it through the first time, I was shocked because I breastfed my children, and so my oldest is almost 11. In all of my years of breastfeeding education and advocacy and all of those things, I had never once heard of excess lipase activity. So I know, based on the response that you got on your blog series and the response you've had to the book, this is a common thing that women go through, but they just they don't have a name for it. They don't know where to turn For support. So, we will put the information about Rebecca's book into the show notes if you would like to check in on that. If you're a lactation consultant yourself, or a doula, or a midwife, anybody who works with women who are in the childbearing age, maybe you want to pick up a copy of Rebecca's book to have on hand as a reference point in case you should come across a woman who is going through this condition as well. I'm going to move on to share about my PSA this week. And I wanted to make a quick note before I start that Rebecca and I, as I was sitting here listening to our talk, our little PSAs that we've put together this week are directly related to parenting. However, we know that there are many of you out there listening who are not moms, who uh, are young, you're single, you're uh, not married, maybe you're grandma. If you're listening, And you may be thinking, these things don't really apply to me right now. If you even just have friends who are in that mothering stage of life, these are things to be aware of. You never know when this information will come in handy. So the thing I wanted to talk about this week is a condition called PANDAS. PANDAS stands for Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Disorder Associated with Streptococcus. I had never heard of PANDAS before we did our Sorta Awesome episode on anxiety. It's episode 26, The Truth About Anxiety. Laura and I did that show and talked about all different aspects of anxiety. Laura talked about how she has had chronic anxiety since childhood. And in our discussion in the Hangout group on Facebook, one of our community members mentioned this condition called PANDAS, that if you have a child who experiences a sudden, like almost an overnight onset of anxiety, of OCD, of some of these disorders associated with the brain, to look into PANDAS. Well, I had never heard of it before. I did some checking on it. I thought it was really fascinating. Not even a week after that, a friend of mine whose daughter is Daisy's age, her Daughter started exhibiting the symptoms of pandas. I was like, what are the chances? I'd never heard of this before. And now, here, this friend of mine that I've known for a long time, her daughter, sounds like she might have it. And then, and the reason that I wanted to talk about it on the show, my very dear friend here in Oklahoma City, her name's Catherine. I've talked about her on the show before. Her Sweet little daughter Claire also came down with this condition with pandas. All of this happened within a few weeks of us doing the anxiety show. So I wanted to take a little time to talk about it. Catherine gave me permission to share Claire's story and to share their family story just to give an example of what this can look like and how suddenly it can come on. Just to tell you a little bit about Claire, she's a first grader. She is the personification of the character of Joy in Inside Out. I mean, she's just the happiest, the bubbliest, the sweetest little girl that you could ever meet. Just bouncing off the walls with energy and love of life. So... Back in October, she had come down with a UTI, very common in girls and women, and um, had to miss a few days of school. That was at the beginning of the week. Later in the week, she and her brother both had tested positive for coming down with strep throat. Now, this is the time of the year, Rebecca, you know, when strep starts going around, especially when you have school-age kids, just goes around and around, goes around the classroom, Goes around in your neighborhood, in the church nursery, all of those things. So it's not entirely unusual that this is the time of year, get a strep diagnosis. Well, by that weekend, Claire overnight was so crippled with anxiety that Catherine could not even get out of bed with her. She was just. Um, She was just crying, sobbing, filled with rage, and just she had turned into a completely different child overnight. Of course, Catherine and her husband Gary were completely befuddled. They just could not understand what had happened to their precious little Claire. So thankfully for them, uh, Catherine's sister-in-law, Andrea, is um, somebody who is certified in play therapy. She works with children who have had traumatic experiences. In fact, Catherine told me that Claire's anxiety was so intense and so out of the blue that Catherine, she said she was afraid that, that Claire had undergone some kind of major trauma at school because there was no other explanation. She would, She seemed like Everything that you hear and read about a child who's been through trauma was what Claire was exhibiting, but she'd only been to school. And so they just could not figure out what was going on. Well, Andrea has a background in dealing with children from that have experienced trauma. And so she gave Catherine some scripts to go through to try to get Claire to open up and and talk about what's going on. They figured out that Claire was concerned about having to, was related to some bathroom issues because she had had this UTI. They didn't know she had it yet. A teacher had kind of offhanded said, you know, no, you can't go to the bathroom. You got to wait till you got to wait till this part of the class is over. And for some reason, her anxiety had fixated on that. But in the days to come, after they tried to kind of work through that, specific focus point of anxiety, they realized her anxiety was not getting any better. In fact, it was getting dramatically worse. Now, Catherine has another friend who is a therapist who suggested to her, you know, she just got this positive strep result. It may be pandas. Well, Catherine had never heard of it before. Most people, I don't think, have heard of pandas unless you work with kids and in children's health directly. So they did some testing. They talked to her, her pediatrician about it. As it turns out, she did. She was you know they confirmed that this is what was going on with her since then they've been able to get her treatment a lot of times treatment for pandas involves some intense antibiotics because it's related to that um, to the strep virus or sometimes to mono or pneumonia something about it triggers something in the brains of these children who experience this and that's why it's this sudden onset of these symptoms Um, Some of the symptoms include, you know, like I said, a sudden personality change, suddenly having uh, symptoms of OCD, of obsessions, of compulsions. Sometimes they might have motor tics or vocal tics. They might have intense anxiety like Claire did. They might have intense rage, which that's the other thing Claire has never. She's just been just one of those sweet, sweet kiddos that you just love to be around. But all of a sudden she was having complete Rage meltdowns over things that her parents couldn't figure out why it was making her so mad. Like, for example, having to wait for five minutes in a school pickup line after school would set her into a rage. Uh, having intense separation anxiety, that has been a huge one for Catherine and Claire, because Claire didn't want to go into school, into her classroom by herself. And again, she's a first grader, so it's not like the neurotypical time that a child would go through separation anxiety. All kinds of issues with with sensory. It could even affect their eating. They could suddenly become way over the top hyperactive, where they have not been a hyperactive child before. So these are some of the things. I'm going to link to pas.care in the show notes. It has all of the information that you might want to look up yourself about PANDAS. Um, something else that's interesting to know about this is that this condition is so intense for the child that's experiencing it that no amount of, like, coaxing or bribing to try to get the child to, you know, go about their daily life can... Uh, to, can encourage them to sort of snap out of it. Uh, For example, Claire loves new Barbie clothes, new outfits for her Barbies. And Catherine would say, you know, if we can just make it through school pickup line, we'll get some new uh, Barbie clothes. And it I mean, it had absolutely no effect on her at all. She stopped wanting to go to gymnastics. She's a talented, super talented little gymnast, would not even go in the gym for gymnastics. I mean, just really radical changes. So these are some things to be aware of. And I will say that some doctors, not all doctors, but some pediatricians, some doctors might either be uninformed or they might be skeptical about PANDAS. This is a fairly new diagnosis, fairly new movement within children's health care. So you may run into a healthcare provider who just doesn't know about it or might be skeptical about that diagnosis. And if that's the case, keep pushing forward keep moving on keep advocating for your child to see if that is what's going on if that can be confirmed what treatment options are out there through some intense antibiotics and through some other medications, Claire is slowly but surely one foot in front of the other, making so much progress to where she can go to school by herself during the day now. And she's, you know, going back to gymnastics. All of her normal functioning, happy, healthy life is returning. So that's very encouraging. It's very encouraging. Oh, also, I wanted to mention that this, because this is a relatively new diagnosis in children, somebody is making a documentary about it. And you can go to mykidisnotcrazy.com to find out more information about the documentary that's being made to advocate for children's health in this area. So that is my PSA for the week. Thank you
1: for sharing this. I have never heard of this before, and it sounds extremely helpful to have that nugget of knowledge just in the back of my brain to pull on from time to time if I would ever need it. I mean, this is just Oh, so heartbreaking.
0: It really is. It's really heartbreaking, especially if nobody knows what's going on. To see your child change overnight. Sounds terrifying definitely heartbreaking so hopefully this little negative information will be helpful to those of you who are listening whether you're a parent or not just to kind of tuck this away and be like this is a thing that can happen particularly like i said as we move into cold and flu season when things like strep and mono start getting passed around really intensely just something to think about
1: this along with the excess light lipase activity they both just need more and more awareness so that's right it's awesome yes. thank you so much megan
0: I am thrilled to partner with HealthyMoving.com as the first ever sponsor for Sorta Awesome. I've known Jen Hoffman, the owner and founder of Healthy Moving for many years, and the wisdom I've gained from her teaching has been invaluable. In fact, after our twins were born, I was dealing with some pretty negative body image issues, and Jen was one of the few people whose voice was able to break through my gloom and help me to see my body in an incredibly empowering way. Jen and I want to invite you to get to know her and learn more about her revolutionary way of looking at health and wellness through a free class called the Unresolution Class, how to get the movement your body needs without setting a New Year's resolution. In it, you'll learn more about her work and get some great tips for moving through the holidays. You can sign up for this free class by going to healthymoving.com slash sorta awesome. Or by texting Sorta Awesome, all one word, to 33444. I'll include her information in the show notes of today's episode. Thank you, Healthy Moving, for making this week's show even more awesome. Well, our PSAs were a little serious, but I'm telling you that we are about to get a little silly. <laughs> With some confessions to share with you all. One of the things that we hear from you guys the most as you're talking about why you love Sorta Awesome is that you love that we, the co-hosts and I, are so real. Well, well. it's about to get even realer. (laughs) You're going to love this. (laughs) In fact, it might get so real, you might be wishing that we had never told you these things about (laughs) us. (laughs) I don't know if they're that bad, but I think you'll, you might be surprised some of the things we're going to share with you today. Um, now, we are already a pretty confessional crowd. I mean, all of us have confessed to various things throughout the episode so far. But this is the first time that we've put together a whole list of confessions to just throw at you. I hope you guys can relate to some of these. If nothing else, you can just laugh and enjoy the fact that we are very human and do some things that are definitely uh, maybe sometimes a little cringeworthy or just a little silly. So, Rebecca, why don't you get us started?
1: (laughs) Well, my confessions start with beauty-related things inspired by the beauty episode that you and Laura did, number 30. In that episode, you guys shared your own beauty confessions. And Laura had, I don't know, like one or two, but they were kind of tame. And then you shared yours. And I believe (laughs) at one point, Laura said, Megan, stop it. You're embarrassing yourself. (laughs) Basically, yes, that did happen. But I was listening. And from my end, I was like, yes, Me too. Yes, keep going. Yes, yes, yes. So I, now that I have the opportunity to talk back, I am taking it. And I just have to say that eyebrows, yes, I also do not understand. Um, Coloring in your eyebrows, I am terrified. I have never once done it, and I don't get it. I do not get it. (laughs) I also only get my hair cut two times a year, maybe three times. I'm not the only one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but I'm not fearful of going to get my hair cut but I do get nervous I do put on like extra makeup and I feel extremely insecure when I go in because I'm like these people so know what they're doing and I really do not and they're just gonna I have had those thoughts that you shared in the beauty episode of this lady doesn't know what in the world she's doing with with herself and I feel
0: the same way (laughs) I am so glad I'm not alone in my salon anxieties
1: (laughs) I also don't wear nail polish um, only on my toes I wear I don't wear it on my fingers I don't I didn't even wear nail polish for my wedding day oh, wow. which I think that's like the day you're like supposed to yeah. really look nice. but I just I don't so here are some new additional beauty confessions that I have to lay on the table for you okay I do not understand eyelash curlers they're tricky do do I, do I need to be using them I do not own one do you own one
0: I know I don't. I mean, I understand. I've used them before. I don't have one now. They're 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 a little complicated.
1: Well, I mean, I understand like how they work, but I'm just not sure I understand why they're necessary.
0: Well, then you probably have naturally curled up eyelashes and you don't have to worry about it. Some of us are not so blessed, for Rebecca. Some of us have the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the outer ones. <laughs> <laughs> Can
1: you like see the look of confusion that just went across my face? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to have to go look in the mirror and um, assess the curliness of my eyelashes. Okay. I didn't even think about the anatomy of eyelashes being a factor in it. It's okay, totally I totally a
0: factor. Yes.
1: Okay. Another thing I don't do is I rarely wash my face at night.
0: <gasps> How dare you!
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, seriously, can you when you go to bed? Can you not just feel the makeup? Like, oh, I gotta
1: get it off. <laughs> No, because, no, I don't wear that much makeup, but my, I mean, my pillow definitely has like mascara smudges on it, um, <laughs> but I don't, I, I got this sponge, it's called like my konjac sponge yes. or konjac something like that, and I started using that, you just use it with water, it's like this natural sponge thing, I don't know, so I started using that, but sometimes I just, I mean, I've, no, I don't, I can't say I wash my face, I just don't, I rarely, rarely do.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. I don't know what to say about that because that is one of my major compulsions in life. I cannot go to bed without washing my face. But okay, your skin looks great. Enjoy it now. When you get older, you're going to have to do something about that. (laughs) Well,
1: I'm worried about that because I'm so clueless when it comes to beauty products. I have no idea. I'm not doing anything preventative. I I'm going to be a mess.
0: Those are great confessions. I did not. I've known you for a long time. I did not know that you don't wash your face before bed. Well, I have shared bits and pieces of my confession through the years, mostly on my blog, but I don't know if I've ever said it all together at once out loud. When I was pregnant with the twins, my whole first trimester with them, I was so sick, as you can imagine, so sick, like throw up in the grocery store bathroom, kind of sick. Oh, I'm sorry, Megan. (laughs) Yes. Now, prior to getting pregnant with them, Kyle and I were gung-ho paleo people, like grain-free, grass-fed beef, you know, chicken, all of that stuff, like real food all the way. So then I got pregnant with the twins, and I didn't want to eat anything except McDonald's. Mmm, that's paleo. (laughs) And it was a very specific order at McDonald's. It is a McChicken sandwich, fries, and, of course, a large Diet Coke. Of course. So I'm here to say to you that I basically grew the twins. (laughs) This explains a lot about them, honestly. (laughs) In their most formative weeks, that first trimester, I almost... I lived almost exclusively on McDonald's because I couldn't keep anything else down. All of the foods that I loved, Kyle would make these delicious, he's a great cook, he would make these delicious dinners for us and, you know, try to fix healthy snacks for me. I I literally could not stomach any of it. So I lived on McDonald's there for a little bit. Sometimes I would even go by, we have a McDonald's close to our house, I'd drive through McDonald's, get my usual order, and then head over to the Whole Foods and sit in the parking lot in shame. (laughs) And eat my lunch from McDonald's all the time, just sure that the the uh, hippie police were going to drive up and take away my crunchy card because I was eating McDonald's in the parking lot of Whole Foods. Oh, my word. That's amazing. That's a confession (laughs) for you. Okay, let's hear your next one.
1: I barely decorate my house.
0: Ooh, me too. Let's talk about this.
1: I am terrified to like hang things on the walls. I ha- Anytime that I actually do hang something on the walls, I take a picture and I send it to my mother and I send it to my girlfriends because it is literally newsworthy. <laughs> my mother-in-law, to help me with this phobia I have of actually hanging things on my walls, she gave me a kit you can get them at like bed bath and beyond and they they're like uh collage kits and then it's so easy you just put them on the wall so i have two of them and i haven't put my pictures in them they still have pictures from the store in them <laughs> and they've been on my wall. <laughs> well, no they're like art pictures oh, okay people.
0: okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> but they've been up for like i don't know three, four years, and I haven't printed pictures
0: to put in them yet. I can relate to that. I am, I am also, I'm terrible at it. And I just, I mean, I don't think I have very good taste is the thing. I don't understand like how decorating works. So I just don't do it at all. (laughs) Anything that looks nice in our house, people are like, oh, that's, you know, that's a great rug or whatever. I'm like, Kyle picked it out. I don't know how to do any of this stuff. (laughs)
1: It's so interesting because when I was reading um, the Life Changing Magic of Tidying Up, one of the aha moments I had was she was talking about how you should not give the clothing that you are getting rid of. You shouldn't give it to your family members, and like especially if you have like a younger sister and you're passing it, don't don't pass it on to your younger siblings. And she said that what happens is she often sees with like younger siblings that they have more hand me down clothes that they don't really care oh, yes. for that they end up getting rid of yeah. than like anybody else, right? And part of that problem is because they don't let go of it because either they feel guilty because family gave it to them, somebody gave it to them, or they don't have a good sense of what their own style is because they haven't had to practice the art of actually identifying and shopping for their style. And I felt like my brain exploded when I heard that. I feel like because I hate spending money and I hate going shopping. And it's not all related to me being the youngest. I really don't think it is. But I feel like I have no sense of style. My sister redid her kitchen. And she, for fun was like showing me different styles of kitchens. There's like this app you can like flip through or something to see different styles. And she's like, let's see what kind of kitchen you like. And I liked like all of them. Like, (laughs)
0: like, I don't know. That's nice. That's nice. I like that one. That's nice. (laughs) I
1: could live in this kitchen. Sure. That's nice. So I I have commitment fears over Uh, actually creating my house, along with frugal fears of actually spending money. And so I just, I'm really awful at it.
0: Me too, girl. Me too. That that confession does not ruffle my feathers at all because I completely relate. Okay, my next one might be a little shocking for people who've known me for a long time because I am pretty crunchy and, and green and natural-minded. But I have to tell you all, I am the worst at recycling. The worst. Recycling? Recycling. You know, like... Yeah, but isn't that easy isn't that part of being a responsible citizen of the planet yes (laughs) rebecca it totally is and yet i am the worst at it my children have to remind me the girls are like mom that's a recyclable don't don't throw it out we even in oklahoma city we even have curbside recycling so like you just take it out to the recycling box and and then you take your recycling out to the curb every tuesday it comes by the truck comes by to pick it up and more often than not it just drives right on past our house because i the worst at recycling and other things but definitely (laughs) recycling so
1: oh megan i know that and mcdonald's
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm telling you yes that and mcdonald's do you hear that that's the sound of people unsubscribing to the podcast (laughs) right now (laughs) okay before i dig myself into any deeper holes let's hear your next one
1: my next confession is that Nani from aslobcomesclean.com helped me to self-diagnose myself with time passage awareness disorder,
0: <laughs> which <laughs> – That's the best thing I've ever heard. Let's, let's hear more about this.
1: Which basically means that I, I cannot comprehend. I always underestimate how long it's been since I've done any sort of cleaning task. So the last time I cleaned the bathroom, surely it was like last week, but no, really it was like two months ago, you know, that type of thing, time passage awareness disorder. So to compensate for that, I rec- after reading this on her blog, I recognize that this is my problem. So I created an awesome cleaning checklist. And I offer it for free on my blog. It's one of my most popular blog posts. It's amazing. You can lay out all the tasks that you need to do and track how often you've done it. And you can have a whole year on just this one page and it's amazing. And I don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> that I know awesome. where it is. I have it out and I looked for it and I looked back and I think I only made it the last one I printed out was from 2014, and I only made it partway through the year. I never even printed one for 2015. That is
0: amazing.
1: <laughs> and hundreds of people have been to my blog to download it themselves, That's and great. I don't even use it.
0: That is great. I love it. That time passage, is it time passage awareness disorder? Is that what you saw? No, mm-hmm. oh, I totally have that, totally. I'm diagnosing myself right now with that okay What's my next one My next one is sort of pop culture-y or maybe just culture related um this is a, a triple whammy of things that I've never done sort of I have never and I mean never read a single page of Jane Austen I've not read any of those books that that people love and hold dear to their hearts none of them I haven't I haven't either That makes me feel a little better. It does. I feel like everybody, every woman I know who, you know, is well-read and educated and literate (laughs) adores Jane Austen and and those style of books. I have not read any of it. Uh, That reminds me briefly of another confession I wasn't planning on mentioning, but it has to do with not reading. Um, When I was teaching, I taught senior English and we had to teach The Hobbit. I taught it, but I never read it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh my goodness, Megan, how
0: did you pull that off? Spark notes and other teaching tools along the way. It was just so boring. I just couldn't. I tried. I tried the first year. I was like, I'm going to give it a go. And I would literally fall asleep while I was trying to read it. So I just got my business together and figured out how to teach it without reading it. (laughs) (laughs) That's quality education right there. I also have never seen the movie The Notebook. Never. I know. I knew that one would hit you hard. That one did hit me hard. Yeah. Finally, I have never been, not never, I have not been to a concert of musicians performing their songs. I have not been to one since I went to DC Talk when I was in the eighth grade. Not a big concert goer. I think that actually goes back to my highly sensitive person status. It's, you know, concerts are usually really loud. And I don't know if I could actually pay a lot of money to be bombarded with that much noise, even if it was somebody I love. I just, it's, that's a lot of noise in a lot of people. So I'm not a concert goer.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Yes. All right. What's up next? I have been married 10 years this summer, and I have unopened wedding gifts in my basement.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? this is also amazing
1: (laughs) (laughs) and to everyone who attended my wedding and gave me gifts I am so thankful number one that you are listening to this podcast because that's really amazing and number two your thoughtfulness and generosity meant a lot to me please do not be alarmed that your gifts are still in my basement um, and I only moved here like six years ago, which means that I moved unopened wedding gifts from my apartment to my house. <laughs> Basically, you, I have. I was going to say, do you know what's in the boxes? Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, they're okay. unwrapped. Okay, they're just okay. not open. So okay. I have a blender. And it's logical because I had, my mother gave me a smoothie maker when I was in college. But when I was registering for wedding gifts, I thought, well, I need like a responsible grown-up blender. Like, I can't just use a smoothie maker for the rest of my life. Well, spoiler alert, you can. (laughs) And I have been. (laughs) I kept the blender in my basement. Cause I kept thinking, well, this smoothie maker a is going to die or B someday I'm going to be a grown up and stop making salad dressing in a smoothie maker. And neither <laughs> one of those things has happened yet. And I also received a pampered chef pizza stone. Oh girl, was- you got
0: to get that out and use it. <laughs> those are amazing. And I am not kidding about that. Like today, <laughs> Rebecca, go down to the basement and get that out because you will not be sorry.
1: I wish that you guys could see how fast Megan like leapt to her
0: microphone <laughs> to reprimand me for that one. You have to get that one out. I don't care about the blender so much. You need to get your Pampered Chef pizza stone out. In
1: our apartment, we did not have very good kitchen storage. So I just put it away. I was like, I can't deal with this here. When we get a house, I'll get it out. And then we moved to the house and I kind of forgot about it. And I don't really know how to use it. Like, what am I supposed to do with it? Okay.
0: We're going to talk about this later, but it it, it makes your pizza extra delicious. <laughs> it cooks the dough so evenly where it's nice and crisp on the, on the bottom, but also you get still some chewiness to it. If you make a homemade pizza, you're going to want to use that pizza stone. I'm telling you. Okay. Well, if, you're if you're listening. If you're listening please back me up on this. I'm not a huge Pampered Chef fan. I've tried a few products here and there from friends who sell it through the years. But that pizza stone is like the best investment I made in terms of pizza preparation.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you for the tip. Now, what's your next confession?
0: Okay, my next one is that I don't understand how directions work. Remember on the beauty episode, I was like, I don't understand how eyebrows work. I right. also do not understand how directions work in terms of north, south, east, west. Oh, girl, me neither. <laughs> I have no internal sense of what direction I'm facing or what direction anything is. And this drives Kyle bananas to no end because he will say something like, You want to go south on 38th Street and then go west on Lincoln Avenue. I mean, Rebecca, to me, he may as well be saying, You're going to want to go baloney on 38th street and rainbow on, on Lincoln Avenue. Those words mean almost nothing to me. <laughs> and oh, it, that's so fucking. I'm the same way. It drives him crazy because he has like an internal compass, no matter where he is in any given city, in any building, he just knows what the directions are. Now I do know now after living in this house for over three years, I do know that our house faces the South. So if I am in my house I can think, okay, that way south, and this way must be west then, and this way's east, and that's north. I can figure it out from my home base. But if I'm out in the wild of Oklahoma City or, heaven forbid, in a different city, directions are just – that's not functional for me. I barely can use left and right. <laughs> but when you move to north, south, east, west, I'm I'm lost.
1: Yeah, so. I'm out. I'm out. I can't handle that either. <laughs>
0: Okay, let's hear. I think you probably have one more to share, right?
1: Yes. My final confession is that in 2011, I wrote a blog post about six different ways to use coconut oil. And one of those ways was homemade deodorant. And to make homemade deodorant with the coconut oil, you have to heat the oil, which makes it all soft. And then you need to put it, like, in the refrigerator so it will firm back up and my homemade deodorant is still in my refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> I told this um, to my husband. Fantastic. and he, he was mortified. He's like, what are you talking about? There's deodorant in her refrigerator? Where? <laughs> it's, it's in the door on the bottom and it has been there since 2011. And I've never even used it once.
0: That is fantastic. I love it. That totally sounds like something I would do.
1: (laughs) Time passage awareness disorder, in effect,
0: right there. (laughs) <laughs> it its ugly head in your refrigerator. That's amazing. Okay, my last one is one that I'm actually quite ashamed of. This is the first time I have ever had to confess this. So, you know, some people at the beginning of the year make New Year's resolutions or they set their goals for the year or some people like to choose a word for the year. I have done the word approach since, I don't know, 2008 or 2009. I've done it for a while now. Well, as 2015 dawned, I thought, you know what my word for the year is going to be? It's going to be read. I am. I, my blog is closed. I don't have any excuses. The twins aren't babies anymore. My big girls are in school all day. This is going to be the year that I read. Maybe I'll even read some Jane Austen. Who knows? Ooh, there you go. Um, And that that was great. And that word led me through the month of January. And I was reading and it was great. I actually I mean, I have a degree in English, I am a lifelong lover of reading. And it was great. Then in February, I thought to myself, you know, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna start a podcast. (laughs) And I don't think I've read a whole book. then. I've read, I've read here and there, uh, particularly books that have come out from friends uh, who are authors who have released books, but I have completely and totally and utterly failed my one word, my one word for 2015, which was read. I just, I bombed it. And that is the first time, maybe I shouldn't have chosen a verb. (laughs) That's the first time I chose an action for the year. And it's also the first time that I just legit, Failed on it, so I've been actually thinking about that a lot because you know 2016 is just a few weeks away, and I do still want to do the one word approach to the year, but now I'm a little gun shy because I'm like, I've never failed a word before, but I sure did fail read, so yeah, it was bad.
1: That's funny. I don't I don't read as much as I feel like I should either, but I attribute that to my obsessive personality type, where I, I can't nothing else in my house happens when I'm reading a book. So, it's either do this podcast and work on my blog and feed my children or read a book. I mean, I have to choose one or the other.
0: Or watch all of Gossip Girl.
1: Well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I did lead this with my obsessive personality type. I also barely did anything while watching Gossip Girl. <laughs> I had a dream about Dan and Serena just the other day. Of course I did.
0: Oh, my goodness. That was a whole other thing we were going to talk about, Rebecca, was your dreams. Oh, yes.
1: I'm always dreaming about people that I watch on TV, YouTubers. Days of Our Lives stars were in my dreams for a long time.
0: (laughs) I love it. You have celebrity-infested dreams. Rebecca will text me in the morning like, you won't believe who I dreamt about last night. (laughs) It's highly entertaining, my reports on Rebecca's dreams. Okay, well, we better go ahead and wrap this up while we still have a few f- listeners left. <laughs> but before we go, please remind us where we can find you if we want to yell at you about getting your pizza stone out of the basement.
1: Oh, please, yes. Yeah. Send me all of your advice about the pizza stone. You can find me at simplyrebecca.com, and I'm also Simply Rebecca on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram,
0: all the places. All the places. Well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can come and talk to us on Facebook. Obviously, we have lots of conversations going on that really inspire the show in a lot of ways. You can find us at Facebook.com slash group Sorta Awesome Hangout. We're also on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. Thanks for joining us today at Sorta Awesome. Show notes for this and every episode are available at SortaAwesomeMegan.tumblr.com. You can also sign up for the show's newsletter, which includes extra tidbits of awesome, by going to of sortaawesome. If you have feedback on the show, a question you want us to answer, or you just want to say hi, you can email me anytime at sortaawesomemegan at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the show, it would be incredibly awesome if you would subscribe, rate, and review the show in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. I have to give a shout out to the band Prager for allowing us to use the song Strut for our in and out music. To find out more about Prager's nasty beats and pretty chords, go to pragermusic.com. I'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sorta amazingly awesome.